Reverend Hanny is going to be sharing our message today, and we are so honored to have him here with us. Re uh, Reverend Hanny and Joanne are Free Methodist missionaries in the Middle East. Hanny is the field director for Impact Middle East. Uh, he, this is an agency affiliated with the Free Methodist World Missions. His outreach uh, serves, he serves seven countries in the Middle East, and you'll get to hear more about that, especially if you stay after, where they can share more deeply about their ministry. Hanny has served here at First Church as an intern on our pastoral staff from 2014 to 2017 as he finished his master's degree at the Seattle Pacific University Seminary. So we truly count him and his wife and now their baby daughter as part of our faith family. So we are so warmly welcome them back with us and we are so excited to hear what God has placed on their heart. And we want you to know that they are one of our strongest global partners. So when you get to Global Missions at First Free Methodist, through your tithe envelopes, which are in front of you, you can select Global Missions right on the inside and tithe toward that. Or you can give online at ffmc.org give and select on the drop-down menu Global Missions. When you do that, you go to support the amazing work of Hanny and Joanne and our, our other partners. And uh, later, when you come forward during communion, you can place your tithe envelopes there in the boxes in the center aisle. Or, of course, you can give anytime online. And it's such an important way for you to partner with us in our commitment to, to fulfill our commitment to all our global partners who are truly the hands and feet of Jesus around our world. And we're so grateful when you do this. The news coming out of the Middle East can be discouraging. But I'm here today to tell you some good news that might not make it in your video feed. All throughout church history, God has used small alternative communities of faithful believers living in contrast to the hostility and chaos around them. From the early church in Rome that cared for widows and strangers to the modern day war zones, as Christians, we get to live a rich tradition of gospel peacemaking. Today, all over the Middle East, there are thousands of these small communities quietly serving their neighbors, even their enemies, in creative ways that bear witness to the gospel, transform communities, and bring about human flourishing and peace. Impact Middle East is a network of over 800 of these gospel peacemakers in seven different countries in the Middle East, including the Holy Land, where there has been so much conflict lately. There are hundreds of churches, Bible studies, women's trauma programs, schools for refugees, and sports programs, communicating hope and demonstrating the way of Jesus that leads to peace in lands embroiled in conflict. We are committed to bearing witness in these contexts, creating gospel communities, and training up more gospel peacemakers. You can be a part of empowering these gospel peacemakers to love refugees, provide sports and education for kids, do prenatal and postnatal care for expectant mothers, 
provide trauma counseling to those battered by war, and invite others to learn about the Prince of Peace. There are so many redemption stories. I wish I had time to tell you of abused refugees finding home, kids learning in school for the first time in years, and even former extremists discovering Christ in a community that loves them. You can make a lasting impact in the Middle East for peace by standing with Christians who are living out the gospel in so many creative ways. Will you join this movement of gospel peacemakers? Visit our website to learn more and sign up to pray with us and invest in gospel peacemakers today. Thank you for your kingdom partnership. Good morning, church. It's good to be with you today. Uh, it's been four years for me since I was last here. And uh, I remember about 10 years ago, in 2014, when I arrived in Seattle uh, to study across the street, uh, a guy met me and he's like, dude, so cool, you're from Egypt? Do you ride a camel to work? And I was like, no, bro, I drive a Chevy. <laughs> So, so um, if you see a camel in the parking lot, just a disclaimer, we, it was a long journey. Some donkeys tied to the side. No, no, it's a red Honda, actually. <laughs> so, um, like Pastor Camille said, I had the honor of serving here as an intern with Pastor Blakewood and um, the pastoral staff here for three years. In 2017, I got ordained as a missionary and sent out from uh, this church uh, to the Middle East, and it's been a, a journey, and I'm so thankful for the journey. The Lord took us to places we never imagined and saw things. Um, so if you want to listen to th some of the spicy stuff, some of the, the stuff we cannot say online, please stay. It's a fine day today, so we will meet at the Fine Center, um, and I think it will be uh, a good time. Uh, but today, I want to challenge you as a church. Um, what does it mean? We heard this amazing scripture read of people who never heard the gospel message. How could they believe if they don't hear? And then, well, how would they hear if there's no one preaching to them? And how would someone preach if they are not sent? And church, I don't want to be misunderstood today when we say we are on a mission or sent, that you would think, oh, we will support this missionary, goes overseas somewhere. The mission field is right here, in your neighborhoods, in your backyard, in your um, zip code. <laughs> uh, was, was fascinating to Joanne and I, my wife. When I left here, I was single, and now I come back with a beautiful wife and a baby you will get to meet uh, at the Fine Center. She will share with you about some of her amazing work in the Middle East. But we were fascinated by how diverse the United States is. We spent a couple days in New York City on layover before coming to the West Coast because it's a long journey to come from the Middle East to here. And uh, we were fascinated by how Many ethnicities and people groups are here in the United States. So we are all called. We are all invited. 
And this calling to be on a mission with the Lord is not just for a few of us. It's actually, Jesus said something so profound. He said, my father is always at his work. John 5, my father is always at his work. And I too am working. Then he turned in John 17 and said to every one of his disciples and us, he said, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. So when we talk about gospel peacemakers, this is not an exclusive term. It's actually every one of us is invited to take on this identity. And I'm thinking, oh my, this year is election year, presidential election. So peace? Oh, we need that, man. Oh, tell me about it. Division, contention, hatred. Even in the same family, there might be different opinion, blue or red, and we're at each other's throats. So the Lord is inviting us in 2024 to be peacemakers. So, as you heard from Pastor Camille, I'm overseeing about seven countries. One of them is Israel, and one of them is Palestine. We have teams in both countries. <laughs> so, imagine my job. I lose sleep sometimes of the reports coming. But, Jesus is a peacemaker. Jesus is the solution to all these problems. I... I have so many stories to share with you. I cannot share online to protect the identity of the believers, but Pastor N, for example, on our team, goes regularly, takes his car from Israel, crosses the border into the West Bank, and shares the good news with people everyone might consider his enemies. But because of the love of the Lord, he feels it's his duty to go and share the good news. So today, I'm going to share in two points with you so that's simple and concise. The first is compelled, and the second is abide. Would you say these words out loud with me? Compelled and abide. Let's say it again. Compelled and abide. One last time. Compelled and abide. The one time that's after the last time. Compelled and abide. All righty. Where do we feel compelled? Why? Why are we compelled? And I will share three motivations for missions. The first one, we are compelled because we are commanded. So if you are a Christ follower and you read scripture, you see it's so clear after the life of Jesus, his last words, and you know they say last words are lasting words. I love this because I call it the sandwich missiology. Jesus in the Great Commission gives us bread above, bread below, and the meat inside. What is that that's a sandwich? Bread, bread, meat. So the bread above, he said, I have been given. I have been given all authority on heaven and earth. Then the bread below, he says, and I'm with you. With all this authority, I'm with you. Okay, what's the meat? Go. He's saying this to every one of his disciples, including us. Go. 
Go and make disciples of every nation, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So we are compelled to go and become gospel peacemakers because we are commanded. But the second reason, the second motivation for us to be compelled is because of the needs of the nations. Jesus in John 4, after the encounter with the Samaritan woman, and oh, the disciples were all fired up. How can you talk to a Samaritan? They are the enemy, right? Despised, right? They, they, we don't talk to them. And Jesus said, oh, lift up your eyes. And I think it's a message for every one of us. Lift up your eyes. When you are a Trump supporter or a Biden supporter, when you are a... Lift up your eyes. There are more important things out there. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus said the harvest is ripe. The harvest, the fields are white for harvest. Stop pickering. There is so... There's more important stuff. There is people who are dying without Jesus. Millions of people. Actually, billions of people out there. So, I'll take us through a very quick teaching on missiology about what does it mean to make disciples of all nations. So, the word nation that Jesus mentioned in Greek is ethne, and it's people group. So, actually, that's not equal to country. So, for example, Nigeria is one country. In the country of Nigeria, we have 500 41 nations. Can you imagine that? So, um, I love IHOP. So, here's a, a, an ad. When you get a, bank, a pancake and you pour your syrup on it, you can cover the entire pancake. That's country. But actually, we're not dealing with pancakes when we go on missions. We're dealing with a waffle. Uh, every box, every square on the waffle is unreached, you know? You, you, you go into a country like, uh, for example, Iraq. You deal with nine different languages or more. People whose heart language is different. And then their faith, their, their religion is different. So make disciples of all nations. Who are these people groups? Which ones can we call unreached people group and which are not? Which ones have few, if any, disciples? So there's an incredible resource out there if you want to study more about it called Joshua Project. And Joshua Project tracks all these people groups. So lots of these stats come from this source. Our world today has 17,400 people groups. How many are unreached or considered unreached, meaning few, if any, Christ followers? 42%. 7,400 people groups are unreached in our world. We're talking about 3.2 billion souls that live in an unreached people group. Four out of 10 people on earth live in an unreached people group. Where are most of the unreached people groups, they are in a window that we call the 1040 window. Five out of six unreached groups are in this 1040 window. 
And that 1040 window is a rectangular area of North Africa, the Middle East, and Asia between 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north latitude. And this area is often called the resistant belt. It includes the majority of the world's Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists. Some examples are the nomad people, the Bedouin in Egypt, the Sufi in Iraq, or the Arab Muslims. We're talking 383 million people unreached in the Middle East. In Impact Middle East, we focus on the unreached. If we find an area that has so many workers, Christians, we go to a different area. <laughs> because the need is huge. The harvest is plentiful. There's so much need out there. Why are they unreached? Why are they still unreached, you know, with all the churches we have? Well, three reasons. They are unreached because they have limited contact with Christ followers. Globally, 87% of the Buddhist, Hindus, and Muslims have relatively little contact with Christians. But also limited missionaries are sent to unreached peoples. Less than one in every 10 missionaries work among unreached people groups. But also limited churches among unreached people groups. So this is very interesting. Birmingham, Alabama is a population of 212,000 people. Guess how many churches? 459 churches in Birmingham, Alabama. In Yemen, Al-Hudaydah, 668,000 people living there, zero churches. Very few, if any, indigenous reproducing churches are among unreached people groups. Limited contact, limited missionaries, but also limited finances. Limited finances are directed from our churches toward unreached people groups. For every dollar of Christian giving, to all causes, you know how much goes to finance pioneering church planting among unreached people groups? Guess? The answer is less than a penny. Actually, North Americans spend about the same on Halloween customs for pets as they do on unreached people groups outreach. Why are we compelled? We're compelled because we're commanded. We're compelled because the needs of the nations but also we are compelled because the lamb is worthy. I loved the song, the lamb that was slain. The final picture, we see the lambs worthy of worship from every tribe, tongue, nation, and people. We love our Savior, right? Right, church? The lamb that was slain, we want to work towards this end goal, this fulfillment of the picture, the telos, to fulfill this prophecy that around the throne of Jesus, there will be people from every tribe, nation, tongue, and people group. All right. How can I know my role in God's mission locally, in, a, in my neighborhood, in Seattle, Shoreline, Linwood, in Everett, wherever you live? Regionally, Washington State, the United States, North America, but also globally. How can I know my role? This comes the second point. Remember we said compelled and abide. Abide in me. Do you really want to know someone? Any of us who have a good friend or a wife knows that. If they call you from a, a strange number that's not saved on your phone, you immediately know them. You know why? You talk to them all the time. You know their voice. You know the, 
the way they talk, even if they try to hide it. Uh, I know you. Well, Jesus says, abide in me. Do you want to know me? Do you want to know Jesus? Do you want to know what's on his heart for the nations, for you, for your life, for your family, for your area, for your work? Do you, know, do you want to know me? Jesus says, abide in me. One of the incredible resources I want to recommend to you that made a huge impact in my life is a book called Experiencing God, and it's by um, Henry Blackby. And in it, he says that this is a biblical truth from the Old Testament all the way to the end of the New Testament. We read in the Bible that God is at work. God is always at work around us. The question is, how do we know where he's at work and how uh, to join him because you know there are so many different ways you can serve but it's unique for you the way God created you gifted you designed you how do I know my specific calling and my part to play in God's mission in the world well Jesus said I am the vine you are the branches the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit As we, I was writing this sermon, I, I wrote this prayer. Lord, I want to be close to you. I want to be closer to you. I want to be close to your heart, to hear your heart beat towards my life, my family, my baby, my work, my future. But in order for me to hear your voice, Lord, I need to quieten myself. I need to turn off the notifications on my phone, the distractions. I need to tune in with you to hear the whisper of your love. The incredible thing about the vine is that the same kind of life, the sap that runs through the vine runs also through the branches. The same life that runs in Jesus is available to us you know, the, the branch actually doesn't do much work. <laughs> All the branch needs to do is to stay attached and close to Jesus. So it's not some magical... I'll tell lots of stories after. But one uh, quick story. I, I love intellectual conversations. I love science. I love studying um, and while I was doing my master's degree here at SPU, we are doing lots of exegesis, lots of studying, lots of reading. And when I went overseas to the Middle East, I experienced stuff that um, I didn't read in the seminary books. So for example, I started having dreams. I started having dreams at night where God was speaking in the dreams. I've never had that before in my life. And I've been a Christian since I was 12 years old. I never had dreams where God is revealing stuff or God is mentioning things. And I found out later that not only me, but also my Swiss American wife is having the same dream. At night, uncoordinated. We didn't talk about it. I'll tell you more what was the dream. I cannot tell it online. 
But I can tell you more after, and that's like, uh, I'm teasing you to go. <laughs> but, so we are compelled, compelled by the Christ, by the love of Jesus. We are commanded to go make disciples. I'm not talking trans-Atlantic. Uh, I'm talking go in your neighborhood, go in your church, serve your community. Connect with the Lord, but then also, how do I know where to start? Abide. Abide in me. Abide in me so that you know when I nudge you to do something, when I nudge you to give, when to give financially, when to not give, where to give financially. We are stewards. Every dollar the Lord has blessed you with, He's going to ask you, what did you do with it? Where did you spend it? And in America, oh my goodness. Amazon, oh my goodness. You are tempted to overspend and spend on things that you don't need. Alrighty? Let's get into some personal application and uh, corporate application before I wrap up. How do I get involved in God's global mission and local mission? Well, giving, yes. Church in America is blessed financially. And every blessing has a responsibility. You need to be a good steward of God's finances. Also get involved. Get to ask the staff here in church, how is our church involved in reaching the unreached? What do, what do we do as a church community? But also visit. Visit our website to learn more. Visit Joshua Project to find more about this. There's an app you can download called The Unreached of the Day, but also read. One of the ways I became very passionate about missions from a young age was reading about Hudson Taylor and these incredible pioneers of missions in the world. Read a missionary biography, but also go. Go on a mission trip. Go and see. Sometimes when we get out of our comfort zones, it's like a butterfly. We come out of the cocoon and you fly and God challenges you to go places but also corporate application very interesting the then theology versus and the theology is it sequential or simultaneous it's actually simultaneous Jesus in Acts 1 8 told the disciples he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, the enemies, and even to the remotest part of the earth. I am thankful as an Egyptian to one of the apostles, Mark, John Mark, who came to Egypt. Actually, he died in Egypt, in Alexandria. Gave his life because he loved Jesus so much. And he knew that there is a better life, actually. <laughs> It's very cool because Alexandria is where my baby girl was born. But people like Mark and his story are available to us to live out and go even to the remotest parts of the world. It's very interesting to me, someone like Barnaba, who invested in the life of John Mark. Remember the story where Paul and Barnaba were disagreement there is a man who we hear a little about in the Bible, but he took Barnaba, Barnaba took Mark and invested in him. And because of his faithfulness, Mark 
opened an entire nation for Jesus, Egypt. You can be investing in one person, but this one person can go and do amazing things. But you are asked to be faithful to your calling. We are compelled because we are commanded, because of the needs of the nations, because the Lamb is worthy. As gospel peacemakers, there is an invitation today. We are compelled to join Abba in his work, in his mission in the world, but also we are invited, called to abide in him. Abide in Jesus, to be in tune with his voice, to know his calling upon your life. You know, some people might say, oh, you live in a crazy area in the Middle East. And it is crazy. The airport we just flew out of got bombed right after we flew out. But you know what? The safest place in the world is where you are in God's calling. Because he himself is in charge of keeping you safe because you are in his will. You can be crossing the street on Nickerson here <laughs> and get hit by a car. But if you are in the heart, at the center of God's calling for your life, this is the safest place. Friends, I want to challenge you today as a church. God still is not done with you and me. God still has work for you. And he's inviting you. He's saying, come, abide in me. One of the amazing resources my wife and I have been enjoying so much, and I want to share with you two applications. One is called Pause. It's by the same author who wrote Wild at Heart. And I really encourage you to check out this app. Every morning we listen, but also Lectio 365 morning and evening. Before you go to bed at night, switch off YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok, and Instagram. Tune in, because God might speak in your sleep. But in the morning, Lectio 365 has been an incredible tool every day to speak in our hearts. How do you connect with God? Jesus is inviting you, abide in me. Go for a walk with me in the nature. Let's pray. Let's um, Listen to me. Listen to my voice. Listen to my nudge. You know, some of you might say, oh, I'm old. I cannot really walk. <laughs> or I, I cannot go to the Middle East like you do. Well, you can call someone. You can do a phone call. There's so many lonely people. You can ask about people. You can serve people through your phone call. Church, we are compelled. And we are invited to abide. Let us pray. Jesus, you said that your father is always at his work. And you said that you too are working. Jesus, I want to know, where are you working today? I want to come to your shop and work with you. Lord, I want to join you in your work. 
I want to be like Paul said. We are co-workers with God. Spirit, lead me. Lead me where my trust is without borders. Take me with you on a journey of knowing you more, knowing what you have on your heart for the nations, for my neighborhood, for my country, for my people, for my family, my co-workers at work, my colleagues. Lord, I want to be your hands and feet in this world. Amen. Thank you.